Hi and welcome to the Final Whistle, the number one sports podcast on Spotify. Today is the first of a new special series that we hope to bring you in between our regular episodes. We're calling it TFW Jobs. I'm Kabir and today we've got a special episode for you. We've spoken to players, coaches, former players and legends of our local game. But we thought that we would change it up a little and shine the spotlight on some of the unsung heroes of the game. I'm talking kitmen, physios, analysts, team managers, agents, the, the list goes on, Jerome. So on the first episode of TFW Jobs, we are going to look at agents. What the hell do they actually do? And an agent we know well, who has his own corner, he came in, sit down in his own corner, very happy, He knows, he knows what the down low is right here. <laughs> he knows what the he's down low here. is. He's been here uh, two different times and this is his third time here. Um, a good friend of the podcast, he's, uh, like I said, he's been on the show twice so far, but we've never spoken about his job. We've had him as an, um, an um, would you say a pundit? Yeah, I think sorts, he is, yeah. yeah. As a pundit of sorts, um, we've had him uh, talking about the transfer market before before the season started. But today we're going to talk about his job, um, his life and how he even got to where he is today as an agent. Jerome, what do you expect to learn from this episode today? I'm expecting a lot of wonderful insights because I remember listening to that transfer window episode that you guys were doing. Um, and I have to admit, it was really interesting to see actually how the nitty gritty goes down with in terms of transfers, how you bring these players over and stuff like that. We all know how tough it is being an agent and also the reputations, you know, certain agents have, like, you know, European agents like Mino Raiola, especially with that whole Paul Pogba incident where, you know, so Alex Ferguson called him a very naughty word. Bro, the word is shit. Shithead. Oh, oh shithead shit or shitbag. Shitbag. They were shit shitbag. <laughs> Just say it, man. <laughs> it was shitbag. Okay, he called, so Alex Ferguson <laughs> called Mino Raiola a shitbag. But enough of that. Today we have, of course, Mr. Karel Ashraf, the director of Two Touch International. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good and uh, happy to be here again for the third time. <laughs> we always, You're not shitbag, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think we cleared it up like the first two times you had him here. Lah. But I mean, okay, so we're going to start with how actually for you, how did your career actually start in football itself? I think at this point in time, I would prefer to be known as a consultant more than just an agent. Uh, because I think... Uh, uh, agent work some mostly in the region it, it has always been a, a hit and run job uh, so a lot of the times is you know you get a club for a guy and then after that you disappear and then after that when the contract ends you come again but for me I think how I have uh, moved in the region I have uh, uh, managed players I have uh, advised clubs not just on the technical aspects players but also at the same time on the commercial aspects uh, of, of the structuring of the clubs so in that sense uh, the agent work is uh, maybe 40% of the work that I do right uh, so for me maybe just an insight um, the, the agent work that I've been do, I've, that I'm doing has been going on since maybe around 2017 yeah, I had a barren 2017, but after to that, uh, things started to move, right? Uh, before that, I can say that I've done almost everything in football in Singapore. I've uh, run tournaments, regional tournaments. I've be, I've been a football coach in the clubs. Uh, I hold a B license. I think I was one of the youngest to have my B at that time, and then overtaken by my brother, who is uh, who became the youngest head coach in uh, SPL history. 
but coming into football, everything was an accident, lah. You know, I finished my NS. I worked for a year with my uncle. Right, he has a metal fabrication company. I didn't like it there, and <laughs> then I I I applied for a job in a football company as a business development executive. And then they saw that I have a preliminary cert and some football playing background, right? So they said, "Do you want to be a coach?" Then I said, "I don't qualify. I only have preliminary." And then they said, "No worries." We can guide you, and uh, so for four five years I was there, coaching kids. So it was interesting because I started right from below. So I started coaching kids from four years old, five years old, all the way up. Then I went to the clubs. Then I started my own company, football school, football programs, uh, events. So and then the last bit, it all uh, automatically fell into place, right? So 2017, when the players that I coach were already at a certain age they said coach can you look at our contracts can you help look at our uh, conditions would you advise us where to go you know which clubs to go after this you know or do we go to NS first or so all this advisory you know i i thought eh, it's quite interesting to to help these boys because at the end of the day i have some, i have a stake in these boys because these boys i coached since they were 12 they were 13 right so when they grew when they grew i i felt that you know i have to help them with the best decisions Right. So and then what? There were a few catalysts to to this. Uh, one of one of it was uh, my good friend. He was the previous uh, manager of Joseph Schooling, so he, he I uh, I'm no longer working with him. But at that point, he gave me a lot of insights about athlete management, right? Because uh, in Singapore, we didn't have this this kind of athlete management. And especially if Joseph was the biggest athlete we had at that time, right? So in in how he he was managed, and I, I learned a bit here and there, and he said, "Hey, let's let's look into doing something for our local boys because there's never a direction, right?" So we started with a few boys that I coach before. Uh, they were already playing in Prime League at that time, knocking onto the national national under twenty one, under twenty three, right? And then after that, I dis- I realized that hey, this is this is a good direction to go. Because this is something that helps the game, right? Because uh, a lot of our players are misguided, uh, misguided. They do not know how to go out. They do not know what what's to be what's what's to expect in in terms of in terms of football career. So one way or another, through my business uh, football business in the region, I was also in Indonesia, and I started to also have a lot of Indonesian players, right? Got in contact with Indonesian players, and and. It just, it just, it just, it just went, uh, it just went on naturally, yeah. But of course, that was that was a low regional part, and then the intricacies of uh, agent work is, uh, you know, before 2015, every agent had to go through the FIFA course, right? Uh, not course exam. So there's not a course. You have to learn learn from from manuals, and then you go for the exams, right? And then uh, when you pass, then that's where you become a FIFA agent. And at that time, you can, only a FIFA agent can do it. After 2015, uh, uh, they they stop this. So as long as you are a registered intermediary, so you need to be registered or endorsed by the the FAs that you want to work in, right? So you you are you're allowed to work. So in one way, the FIFA agents they are looking at us and saying, "Hey, you are you guys are spoiling market," and it's true because any Tom, Dick, and Harry without knowledge can just do it, and they can really spoil the the processes. Yeah. So for me, I was lucky as as I was about to start, right? 
And then uh, one of a parent of I, who I used to coach, he suddenly contacted me and he said, hey, um, I saw that you are doing a bit of management of players. Uh, do you want to be connected to my friend in Holland? I used to do this also. So he said, I used to do this also. Uh, so he was a CEO of a very big company. In fact, he was a CEO of a company in the Middle East doing airports and stuff, right? So on the side, he was doing this way back in the 80s and 90s. So he was uh, doing coaches like, uh, players like uh, Baquero in Spain. And so few, he had a few, but he was very, uh, he didn't need much because he had a, another job. So that, that was on the side. So he linked up linked me up with someone in Holland and uh, this guy apparently was uh, used to manage uh, goose heading, Tick uh, uh, Avocat, John DeWolf. Yeah, so he, he and, and he's in his 70s, 80s. Yeah, I can, I can send you guys the pictures I had with him when I met him. Yeah, so he was the one who gave me the insight about this side of the game. But I had to mediate it because on, on our region, the professionalism is not like that yet. So when we talk about transfers, right now we only uh, mediate the club, the player, and the and myself is only a three-way thing. But for them, the, there's lawyers involved, you know, and then uh, certain transfers is hey, does this club is this club really serious? The the let's have a let's have a bank guarantee on the on you know. So that's the skill. Yeah, so that's the skill. So. I got to learn about him and how agents do uh, co-broking as well. You know, like Just like a property agent as well. It helped that I was a property agent for two years. <laughs> uh, yeah, so 2000, uh, I don't know, early part of my coaching career, I wasn't earning much. So I had to supplement myself with a property, being a property agent. So it helped a bit. Yeah, it helped a bit. Uh, so it was interesting for me because now I'm trying to understand, at that point in time, understand and. Uh, uh, the look, the regional uh, structures of of transfers, and then to understand how the Europeans work, yeah, how how it works on that side of the country. Yeah, so that that insight helped a lot, and and it's a good thing this guy has been very patient with me. I'm still in touch with him, and uh, you know he he has opened a lot of doors for me. In fact, uh, just to share with you, 2018 uh, World Cup, right? So, Australia wanted a head coach. Yeah, so, uh, I proposed a head coach for them. Uh, he, he was in the shortlist, but he didn't get into the final. Yeah, so when Maui got the job, yeah, Martin Yol was my was, was the one I was representing. Yeah, so Martin is now uh, Ado Den Haag. Uh, technical director yeah so we're still in touch also so for me uh, you know I'm just I'm just this guy in Singapore and suddenly I get to experience uh, this network right it helped me a lot with uh, with how I move uh, throughout my agent work lah. so to say that within the last three years uh, I am quite happy because I'm getting a lot of uh, inquiries from coaches men, uh, players from overseas saying that hey we hear about you your your two touch is a, is a reputable, reputable uh, agency in Southeast Asia so for me I felt that we are on the right trajectory and I hope to keep going lah and be number one in Southeast Asia the whole time you're talking, I was hanging on every single word because, you know, the intricacies that you talk about is so interesting, you know, how you've actually, you know, come from where you've, you know, working with your, with your 
uh, with your dad, right? Yeah, in that factory. Yeah. And like going into football in general, I think it's ex- it's absolutely massive, you know? And you were talking about some of these Prime League players who were coaching since they were young. Who were some of these players that you were looking at their contracts at that point of time? That time was Amir Zalani. Oh, okay. Uh, Amir Zalani, he, I, I, I coached him uh, at a point when he was 12. A very skillful boy since he was very young. Uh, I also coach uh, Amiruddin Ashraf. Yeah, Amiruddin, I coached him at 13. He was at Loyang Secondary. So that was my first school that I coached. And then after that, I brought him into Belestia Khalsa. When I was at Belestia Khalsa, under, under, he was 14 playing in 16s. So he was playing in an age group where the 16s, if, I'm not, if I can remember right, the top scorer was Taufik Sparno of 16. Yeah, so... Taufik was a different kind of player. Taufik was very fast, physical, strong, and at that age, was very developed at 16, right? Uh, I think the coach was Satria Mat. And then, uh, but Amiruddin, it took a bit of time to get him into the team because FAS had a very strict restrictions on uh, lower age players playing up. Yeah. So, but he was on par for players two years above or three years above. In fact, I think we when Balestia played Tampines, we lost 3-2. Amiruddin scored 2. Taufik scored 3. If I'm not wrong. If I'm not wrong. It was a very long time ago. Yeah. But I always thought that he had a he had a he a bit special, right? Uh of course, certain times he didn't get his chances because uh uh the Fundy brothers are there. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. But I, I feel that he's he's up there with them also. He was the first he was the first one that you represented. Yeah, you bring up. You yeah. were talking about um the exam that you had, you had, you had to take. No, I didn't take. You, you didn't uh, take. Uh, so I, I started being an intermediary. So now, whoever that is not an agent, we call it intermediary. So twenty, whoever that becomes doing this job beyond twenty twenty fifteen. So before twenty fifteen, those are agents. So in Singapore, we have Sasi, Sasi Kuma. Yeah, he's an agent, FIFA agent. We have uh, Futbolita Ash, agent. We have Halim. Uh, so Halim is working more with in Kedah. In in Malaysia, uh, he, he works a lot with Ideal, right? Kedah. So I and then we have uh, Brian, I think, from Treball. I, I I forgot. Yeah, but um, it used to be these two, this this few. Uh, but who were active? I think Treball was active. Halim was active for a while, right? And then I think again the market in Singapore actually doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't allow yet. For 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 this uh, trade to thrive, yeah. But I mean, for me, I'm to be honest. My market in Indonesia has has, has made me a bit more comfortable to to keep pushing this uh, this this in this trade, yeah. But again, like I said, I think uh, it ha- it will change uh, in Singapore. I'm quite positive with that, especially with privatization and and clubs taking pride in the players they get. Mm, yeah. Okay, so we're going to go through actually um, the role of you, you know, when it comes to going through that whole entire process. So let's say you have a player who is maybe um, 16, all right, who's looking to break into the scene. So he goes to you and say, uh, boss, I'm looking to try to find myself a club. Where do I start first? Where do you normally take this player first? I think it would, it would if someone were to come in like that, I will just immediately say, okay, let's, have you try at every possible uh, places that you can in Singapore, right? All the clubs at under 17, under, under 15, under, nine, under 21 level, we, we have to let them try, right? And uh, I think at this stage, the advice for me, for me, the advice would always be, you have to make sure 
that you are able to sacrifice. Yeah. And you must also know that you have to prepare yourself for two careers. That is very important. You cannot you cannot tell yourself, especially in Singapore, that you are going to just going to be a football player and then at the end of it, you think about what's next. Yeah. Right? So you have to think that, okay, the best I can for the next 13 years, 14 years of my life, I retire at 32, 33, I need to get something a bit more stable. Right? to sustain my whole my whole my whole life. Shameless yeah. plug to the Fabian Quark episode everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, so at that point in time you try to push them into any yeah. setup that they can yeah, go into correct. first. Um what so what let's say he gets into the setup, what happens after? So let's say he has to start negotiating a contract or what what I think usually a, happens? A professional contract will not come until until uh, 19, 18, 19. So they must be prepared to to understand that, you know, you are you are going to spend money until you get your professional contract. Lah. Yeah. So that's something that they know. And, and as agents, uh, for me, I have not been in long enough for a 16-year-old to come to me and for me to go through. Ah, to it has always whole, been yeah. an ex-player of mine mm-hmm. at this juncture. Ah, right? All right. So, but at the end of the day, for me, I'm a realist. Yeah, uh, the player must come first because it's his effort, right? And and if there's money for me to be made, right, it will be made when he has made the money. Yeah, yeah. You want to make sure that he hits that peak first before you can, you know, actually, okay, let's move you on and see where you can go from there. How do transfers work? Like, let's say a player comes to a player who's already playing on the senior on the senior level. How do you get them a new club if they they are running out of contract or so so it's it's a constant work so for example uh see sometimes they uh, see a, typical agents right they go they go they take this player right and then at the end of the season then they will go to the coach and say hey coach what you need and then the coach will say and then okay I have this 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 so you take but for us what we have been doing is. Uh, we've been making videos. We've been making highlights of these players. So at every at the, at the end of the month, or even after a very good game, right? We will send it to coaches. We will send it to 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 other team managers, right? So that these players are always in in the radar of of, of so of more player centric yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, movement yeah. So these are things that we do. We talk about. We have this boy just had a good game. This boy just yeah. So they are always under the radar. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, what if the player doesn't want you to do that? Like they, they don't want to leave for maybe the next two three years. You still do that? We still do. We still do that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's a brand brand equity for the player. Mm. It's not just just about uh, the visual. Uh. Sometimes when we post it on Instagram or we post it or we share to people also, uh, brands also need to see them. Mm. Yeah. So that they can get endorsement, marketability. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, in, to be honest, in Singapore, it's tougher. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tougher for brands, you know. <laughs> Especially now with the COVID, I've had players who are who you know we we want to get onto the books of the bigger brands, but the bigger brands are holding off right now because they are concentrating on a different market, right? But it's different in Indonesia. Indonesia, my players are get. I'm getting messages like, yeah, we are from Bukalapa or we are from Tokopedia. We want to use your player. How much is it? What's the red card? No, we are getting the 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 the, the inquiries. Request, yeah. yeah, but for here we are the one knocking the door. So over there is different. Uh, over there they get endorsements easier, right? And then uh, and then uh, for them, 
it's 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 uh, earning through their social media is is much much easier, uh, but they have like 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 the players that I have they have like four hundred thousand followers in Instagram, hundred thousand two hundred thousand in Instagram. So there's value there lah. Uh-huh. I think for Indonesia, it's a bigger market because I think, you know, there's so many, there's so many different brands that actually are willing to actually fork out the money to actually endorse these players. So I think that's one wonderful thing that, you know, hopefully we can learn more local brands can, you know, take a risk on these players, you know, really push them further. I think that's a fantastic way to and go about it. of course, the it. population there is huge. Yeah, like, it's I mean, massive, dude. But, yeah. but the, the football uh, interest over there is massive. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's the thing. Uh, Footballs and uh, drama drama celebrities are on the same standing over there, mm. so they're really right at the top. Yeah, so it's it's easy for 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 us to you know okay, one Instagram posting is thousand dollars or that kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah, so going back to transfers, how does it go? Yeah, how so how, how does it happen in in, in Singapore? You no, know, not not just in Singapore. Eh? Okay, so in the region. Uh, effectively, the transfers, the transfer market, uh, almost non-existent. No, no more. Uh, in transfer fee, sorry, transfer fee is almost non-existent, unless ex- exceptional place. Yeah. So the the countries that that have more transfer transfer fees are actually Vietnam, Thailand. These two lah. These two. Uh, even in if you talk about Malaysia, not even Malaysia. Not even Malaysia. Hmm. Uh, Malaysia, you talk about maybe. One one end of season, eh? One close season. Maybe you talk about three to five lah. So if transfer fee, uh, three to five one transfer fee. So a lot are all, all on one year contract. Yeah. Uh, then they'll yeah. just run it down, yeah. and then they'll just correct. move on correct. on the ball, like the bossman kind of thing. Yeah, correct. So correct. as for you as an agent, what happens for you? Like let's say your player player A, he his contract ends. So does the work start way before oh, that, it's, or it's, does it's it way, start it's way before? So like. In Singapore, like you mentioned you sending out videos and everything. Yeah, what, yeah. So from that, there, happens? then we already get feedback. Uh, sometimes they will, sometimes clubs will say, "Hey, I think uh, there there may be interest." Okay, uh, so we will just put it at that lah. Uh, then closer time, uh, then we at the end of the day always is about the first uh, uh, the first option will have to be from the the current club lah. So three months before, if the current club says, "I'm not going to extend you." Then the work then, starts. Uh, then the work starts. Uh. Uh, but but it's good if you already have the net network out. So once this one says no, you already know that there's people lining up or you know. Uh, so 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 usually it's like that. Uh. Uh, so usually it's like that. Typically, how long does the transfer window work usually? From the end of the season until the start of the season, like in the Premier League, or how does the SPL? It's, it's always uh, the the registration window is always around. Three week, one month, three weeks, one month. So, when when the league decides when is the league start date, then FIFA will give the window, uh, to to the league. Yeah. So when that happens, then we will know lah. What what's the allocation of the mid season and what's the allocation of the the uh, first part of the season lah. Uh, so, so when it, the the window opens, it's the registration of the player to the FIFA system. Okay. Uh, but let's say, right, like for example, uh, the, but you can already reg- sign the contract earlier. At that point of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So like for January, it starts, but window hasn't opened. You haven't, you you have, cannot register the player yet. But when the window open, the TMS window open, you register the player in the team, 
that's where he's he he she 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 the you can register the player so no wonder there are some there are some like you know things that we hear rumblings underground that you know a player has already signed but we can only reveal him like at this certain date you know like after august the 1st kind of thing yeah, so but, that's but some uh, that's true mm-hmm. oh, but also maybe that is more of uh, the previous contract not expired mm, uh, so okay. you don't want to yeah, like uh, rock any boats uh, and uh, stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah. So you mentioned there was there's no transfer fees and everything so how do you earn and do local players really need agents or so earnings from agents are like this it's very uh, it's very there's no hard and fast rule okay so in general okay uh usually around the world clubs will play pay agent fee okay so clubs will pay agent fee to a market rate of 10% 10% of total of? contract okay total or contract total contract not the transfer fee if there is a transfer fee yes okay uh, okay but right. total contract and transfer fee also mm. uh, if there is a transfer fee okay. so total let's say for for example we have this uh player Right, he he earns maybe fifteen thousand US a month, right, on a two year contract. So the ten percent of the two year contract is the, the agent. agent fee, intermediary. Yeah, okay, correct. On top of that, if there's a transfer fee, it depends on the receiving club. How much they're willing wants, to give? Yeah, so sometimes can be five to seven percent, can be ten percent. At the same time, also, uh, in Europe, transfer fee up to ten percent can be given to the player. Yeah, to the player. So 15, maybe even 15. It depends. Sometimes it's, it's about negotiation, right? Yeah, so this negotiation aspect is what the agents are for. Uh, yeah, so for us to get the best deal for everybody. Yeah, so that's that's how we work. In Singapore, uh, however, we, or in the region, some parts of the region, we do not have agent fee. So we will take it from the salary of the players. Mm. So 10% or 7% or 5%, right? Yeah, so... So that's that's how we do it. Uh, in Indonesia is different. Indonesia is always okay. Let's say the total contract is hundred thousand a year, right? So they will always pay twenty five percent to the player as a signing fee, and whatever fee that you need. So twenty five percent. So the seventy five percent is spread out across ten months or eleven months. So that's how they do it in Indonesia. So from that twenty five percent, we will take our ten. Yeah. So the player, the fifteen percent remaining is considered his signing fee lah. Ah, something like that. Yeah, so that's the structure in which is slightly different. But Malaysia, okay, Malaysia always pay signing fee, uh, 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 signing fee, agent fee. Yeah, so agent fee sometimes one month contract, uh, one month uh, salary. Yeah, uh, Vietnam has very good uh, signing fees. Uh, crazy. Sometimes they do. Sometimes their salary is not so much different from the the foreigners here, right? Maybe around seven, eight thousand, right? Eight, no props around there. But their signing fee can be like fifty thousand, sixty thousand Vietnam. Uh, but I, 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 I think it's more about to entice the foreigners also lah, because I think the conditions over there. Aqua, uh, uh, you know what I feel I'm getting. You know it's like you know you're playing career mode on FIFA and then you're getting like you know, yeah, Petr Cech wearing a helmet inside the the negotiating <laughs> room lah. That's that's one. But it's like you know there's so many things like the signing on fee, the how much like goal bonuses and stuff like that. I think this is so interesting to see how the the whole negotiations work because I think in Singapore we're barely scratching the surface. I think we really there are you know like what you mentioned with Indonesia with everything. There's so many different intricacies behind the whole the whole uh, aspect of everything. What are like 
speaking of which, what are some weird demands that you have received from players? So far, so far in 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 the four years, four four years plus, I've not yet received anything weird. <laughs> to be honest, no, nothing nothing weird. Uh, it's very so far. Mine has been very straightforward. Yeah, yeah apartments, gold bonus, family to be here, you know all those things. I think it's the typical the yeah. typical things. Yeah. I mean, we keep we we talking about we were talking about it before the show. There was one player who wanted a a clause in his contract to fly to the moon or something like that. Or there was one player that Liverpool signed, they're not allowed to go to the Swiss Alps, you know, because you like to go there, you know, for vacation. So there's a lot of different intricacies which I find really, really interesting uh, for this one. Um, and luckily, you didn't have to go through yeah, all those, yeah. those weird things. Lucky. I think everything has been quite straightforward uh, for me in, in terms of the deals that I've done. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Wait, you didn't answer my, la- my last question. Oh, which one? Which one? Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry. So... <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 like you said, um, you get players. Uh, you get the your fees from the players' wages here in Singapore. Is it do do they really need agents because they already earning that that little? I would say in Singapore. So how important is the agents' role in the in a footballers local footballers' life or career? I I think it is quite important, right? Because it's not happening so much now, right? But there were instances, I think maybe 10, 15 years ago, where clubs were, uh, you know, getting players to sign using a pencil, two-year contract, and then after that, after the one-year contract, yeah, it will, it will be a different figure, you know, those kind of things, right? So this, these things were happening. And now, maybe not so much, yeah? Not so much. But at the same time, I don't know if you know, uh, last year there was an issue about uh, last last uh, no the last close season last or if you, there were instances of clubs talking to players without permission mm. you know tapping up you know that kind of thing right so it's important for them to be represented well so that they don't they don't say the wrong things they don't do the wrong things you know and at the end of the day you know I, I I've been in local football and I know the, the base salaries here and it's not very high, yeah. But at the same time, you you know that there is a club that is trying to elevate the standard of football, and then to be a benchmark of privatization, privatized club. And if this starts to move, and I think players need to be more educated in how they manage themselves, yeah. Because way back, uh, my first one of my first few players, eh? so we we were speaking to this player, and this player is a regular in the national team. And then, uh, so we just spoke to him and then, how how's your endorsements like? And then he said, yeah, like this, uh, this figure. And then, the, just the day before, we were speaking to a youth player who had the same endorsement figure, the, the value, as him. And that was a youth player, mm-hmm. not even a national player. So he didn't fight for his rights because he was happy just getting that figure from endorsement from a sponsor. So we are there to make it better for you. And for me, I mean, for us, we don't take anything from endorsements, right? But we are there to to help you value add your brand, right? Uh, so, a lot of times also, and, and uh, sometimes the agent is quite important because when you speak to the chairman, when the player speaks to the chairman or the coach and says that he wants to go and the coach says no, then it will be bad blood after that. It can it can affect the training. It can affect even if he doesn't leave after that, right? Yeah. But if we are the ones coming in, and you know, and even if we have to screw the the team manager, or even we have to raise our voice to the chairman, right? Then we we 
it's all us and it's not the player, you know? At uh, least it gives, you're, you're there to make sure that the player has someone to fall on in case yes. anything like it's this true. goes down. Yeah, it's true. During yeah. these meetings, a lot of the, play, the, a lot players, of the players are very shy and very respectful of the chairman and it's good. It's good and we, we it's good that they are very respectful. We also don't want them to be very rude to their their paymasters, right? Yeah. But sometimes because of that, you know, they, ah, well, what what if this guy has a, a, a fairer value to him? He can get more. Let's say he can get 7,000 but he says, okay, I'm okay with 4,005 or I'm okay with 6,000 but hey, your value is actually 7,000. You're a national player, you know? Uh, right? So, sometimes, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, you, you they have to to weigh 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 this this part of things. Normally, yeah. when you meet the chairman and then you discuss uh, players' contracts and everything, does the player sit in that meeting? Usually, everything is by WhatsApp. Ah, uh, uh, so yeah. caps are uh, uh, full caps. <laughs> <laughs> Pay me yeah, my money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of things, phone call or yeah. So at the you, but usually the players not there lah. Uh, the players are always there to just sign the contract lah. Hmm. Uh, so other than unless yeah. unless it's a meeting some. some so far, I've worked with a few where say it's a tactical meeting or a technical meeting or expectations. Uh, we want you, this is what we expect of you. This is uh, what you have done for this season. Why we, we want to extend you for next season. Uh, so, so that's the thing. Uh, and then when they talk about financial side, uh, then I take over. Lah. So other than facilitating moves, do you do, do you have to do like maybe like uh, there's this role uh, in, in, in European football, the minders. Like having minders, have you had Players like that who you need to mind every day they, they in are, Indonesia, they, they are, in Singapore. Are. And you may be surprised. Uh, Singapore, Europe, even foreigners. Uh, so you may be surprised. It's not just the local players. Sometimes the foreigners. And sometimes it's tough, you know. And for them, uh, especially during this point in time, uh, COVID, where they cannot travel, they cannot move. You know? Sometimes for, foreign, foreign players, they go to a country, they want to experience the country, they want to experience the country around the areas also, just to, when they have, but like COVID doesn't allow them to do that, they're stuck, and then they don't know what's next for them, they don't know the contracts are happening or not. Indonesia, salary cuts up to 75%, you know? So we have to, when we have to babysit, we babysit lah. When we have to be the brother, we, have, we, we must be the brother lah. Uh, so so it's 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 uh, this is this is my my, <laughs> my I spend most of my time with my handphone lah, uh, because they need it they they need time uh, yeah. So do you do the minding? Do you do the babysitting or do you hire someone to? I I Indonesia I have people, uh, I have people to do, uh, and then certain place I do it on my own, yeah. But if certain place I have people to do it lah. What about players that don't speak? The language that you that you speak. Well, let's say in Singapore. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We this year we had a lot of Brazilians. Yeah. Uh, so even last year, Maxat, Maxat didn't and Kocha they their English rabah. <laughs> I think I think I was like outside the game with him and I was like I think the Hogakus were all celebrating and then he were like screaming at him and then he was like just smiling on them. Then he's like thumbs up, thumbs up. So uh, that, that that that's why I I was thinking maybe I should pick up pick up uh, Portuguese and, and, and some other languages also. But it has been challenging. It has been challenging. Yeah, yeah like for, for, for me, we, I started here in Singapore. Then when I moved to Indonesia, it was a breeze because I speak Indonesian like nobody's mm. business. Mm. But when then you you realise, eh, hey, this Kyrgyz English, how <laughs> oh, I manage, okay. Uh, and then the Brazilian, 
yeah the brazilian is a bit different you know uh, portuguese you know so so we have to manage our google Google, <laughs> Google translate, translate is all okay. but then you sometimes get funny funny <laughs> uh, literal translations right? <laughs> yeah, but you manage uh, you manage uh. what about the contract nego- negotiations for these players that you don't speak the language mm-hmm. uh, especially in Singapore like you bring in to like let's say you bring in to Ballester and then mm-hmm. nobody speaks that language then yeah. how do and, you and contract may be quite tricky because sometimes there's a little bit of expectations especially when foreigners come they already think that okay I will get flights I will get uh, apartment I will get car I will, and then in Singapore they were like ah no car ah, yeah that's the thing how ah, do you no, manage no the car. expectations ah, so I will say car is not a, no we are a city country you know, city island uh, we don't need a car and then after that they will manage and then uh, when they apartment To be honest, a lot of clubs do shared apartments, mm. right? Uh, so one thing good, uh, Geylang over the three years, they have de- developed uh, an understanding that you want good players, you want top players, you need to give them apartments. Mm. You need, yeah. So over the years, they have developed that. Uh, but some clubs, not yet. Budgetary concerns, right? Yeah. And uh, sometimes, I think the nature of the league where there is no promotion and re- the relegation, there is no fight. You know, I want to win, yes. Teams want to win and everything. But if I don't win, it's okay. Because there's nothing at stake. Right? Well, that's why we we go to Indonesia, Thailand, you know, foreigners six months out. If I have to change the foreigner, I change the foreigner in six months. If I have to pay him out, I pay him. If I deregister him, I will, regist- I will still pay him. But... I still get a new player to register. No, so those are the kind of uh, attitudes that they have in Indonesia. And I'm not saying it's all good because sometimes I feel like, hey, you, like, like for example, I brought a, a player to Thailand, right? So he was with the coach almost the last part of the season, but they have replaced three coaches before <laughs> that coach. And there's no continuity there. There's no, there's no direction. And, you know, and, and I, did you, do you really know what you're doing with that second? Because if you know, you won't sack another one and another one in the season, right? Yeah, so, but here also, when they choose foreigners, is okay lah, whichever European agent send me, I take lah. Uh, whichever Malaysian agent send me, I just take lah. You know? But, for me, I, I hope my involvement in the game is changing that in a way lah. Because I think we had good foreigners before. And that was because the money paying paid was good. And then we had a period where the foreigners wasn't so good. And I don't blame the agents at that time because it's not the fault of the agents because the money just dry up, right? So dry, dry, money dry up, no apartment, no nothing. So in the end, the quality of the foreigners that we had were lesser, right? So, but I hope, you know, at the end of the day, I want to be known as someone who, you know, can bring the players, the 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 players that can elevate the league, lah, which I feel I have done in a way, lah. Uh, over past uh, past couple of years. Have there been yeah. situations where you, like a player asks you to ask for a move away from a team by any chance? Yes. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. How awkward uh, was it? I can't leave. <laughs> <that. laughs> but, but yes, yes, yes. Yeah, how are. do you deal with that kind of situation? No, at the end of the day, um, you know, at the end of the day, everybody must understand it's not personal. Yeah. It's just a job. It's just a job. See, and the club must know if this player is not happy, he must, you you must get rid of a player that is not happy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And if the player doesn't want to stay, you must go. Right? So for our job is just to facilitate lah. Uh, I mean, at the end, the 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 power of the agent can be very very influential. To be honest, right? If he if he really, apa decides to to move players around, he can do it. He can do it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know what are you here for lah? Uh, yeah. You are here for football. You facilitate whatever whatever is supposed to be lah. Uh, so if a player wants to leave on his own, okay, we find something for him. But what if the player who wants to leave is making the a bad decision? Would you oh, I will still advise, facilitate? I will, would advise, still? I will advise against it. Against it lah. Uh, so because at the end of the day, we have to give the, the best advice for him. But if he doesn't want to listen, okay, uh, okay, we'll find a move for you. Uh, yeah. What other advice have you given your players when, you know, they obviously haven't reached the, 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 the um, what do you say, the, the peak But then, yeah, the pinnacle, the pinnacle of their, their career, and that they want to leave or they're having disciplinary problems, do you sit them down and then tell them, hey, look, stop stop this nonsense. You have to play better. You have to lead a better lifestyle as an athlete. Do you do that? Yeah, yeah, we have to. Uh, we have to. But of course, at the end of the day, is no one size fits all. Lah. Sometimes it's this... Sometimes older player he thinks he knows better, so you have to be tactful lah. Uh, the younger players you will say, "Hey, come on lah! I see you for your, my whole life. This is not the kind of decision you have to make, you know." Uh, so I mean, certain things lah. Like when I brought the Indonesian player to Europe, right? So we had two trials: one in Belgium and one in uh, Spain. So Spain, he got an offer from uh, Alzira, uh, Alzira, uh, third division in a, a main team. And then uh, Belgium, he got an offer from the second division, AFC Tubis. And uh, so there were two two different environments. Eh? Alzira is very near Valencia. So very nice place, very warm. Food is okay. Lifestyle is okay. You know, uh, then you have Belgium. So oh. Belgium is cold <laughs> and gloomy. <laughs> and then uh, Tubis is a nice, isn't just a small city, nice area. Then we had to to balance it, balance out, it yeah. out, yeah. So which one would be the best for you, you know? And and we we also worry about the distractions of the big city, right? Valencia, very nice, good food, very pretty girls, you know. Uh, so we told him, uh, in fact, uh, for f- f- and also the environment, uh, Spain is a very uh, what monogenous, eh? homogenous, very one one race. Oh yeah, Andre. with the Catal the Catalunias uh, and then. But Valencia the... also the area you don't see a black guy at all. Yeah, you, everybody is is Spanish. You're either a dark hair Spanish or you're blonde Spanish, right? But Belgium you have blacks, you have uh, Arabs, you have uh, uh, yeah multiracial. So we thought about adaptation and and we thought okay, uh, and we we gave it to him also, and he was really 50-50 right split in the middle and we, and he said. Uh, He said, "Okay, I'll, I'll go to Belgium, lah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And 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 so so these are the kind of things that we we put it to them, right? The pros and cons, right? Of course, we ourselves have our own preference for where he wants to go. He he that place should go, but if it's if it's if it's uh, it has to be to the player's happiness also, lah. Uh, we cannot we cannot dictate dictate for them. So you've been going through all these different scenarios with different players but what has been probably the toughest uh, move that you've had to make for a player? 
toughest move. Like in terms of whether it's situations and stuff like that. <laughs> I tell you, <laughs> this past COVID uh, has all been tough. Yeah, and it's not because of the negotiation. It's not because, and it, it it's all because of the COVID situation. Yeah, why? Because first is, you know, at the end of the day, there's tight timelines to work within COVID. You have to sign within this period of time. This player has to come within the this few dates. This player has to be registered within this few dates. So all this is is uh, so it happened to all. Whether it was, I had, I think, five, six transfers this year. So the one in Thailand during COVID and he had COVID. Oh. <laughs> wow. so, so what happened was, uh, this it's funny thing, you know, this boy, he was from Papua side of Indonesia. So he's the furthest east, further east. So he came in. He was supposed to fly tomorrow, the next day to, to uh, Thailand via Singapore Airlines. So he came. He came to Indonesia, eh, to Jakarta. So he had to do his uh, PCR test. He failed his PCR test, right? So in the end, I said, shit. Because if you don't sign within the January period and we don't know how long it, it would be, right? The deal might be off, right? And this guy has stopped his contract in Persipura for some time and he's not earning, you know? Ah, So, shit. So we quarantined him in Jakarta. Right? And halfway through, he was a bit homesick. And he said he wanted to go home. And he went back to, to Papua right, on his own. And so the Indonesian style is, you go city to city, you don't need a PCR test. You just need a, a, the, the other one, a rapid test. Yeah. So, they, so he rapid test, he passed. PCR test, he failed. He went back. Right? He went back, he did a PCR test and he failed again. Right, so we don't know now. Is the deal on or off? The deal on or off, right? And then, and then we just tell him, okay, you just fly back to Jakarta lah. We just set you a date and everything. You we you fly again. So just nice, he recovered after one week plus. The PCR test uh, was negative, and we flew him to to Thailand. When he went to Thailand, we lost translation problem. Thailand, Indonesia, <laughs> Singapore, all problem. Then. After quarantine for five days, he was taken to hospital. We don't know. Why? Why hospital? Came, the doctor said, there are remnants of, uh, there, there are symptoms or remnants. We also don't know because we don't know the language. Yeah. So this boy, he's 21, right? His first time out, yeah. right? He's, he's nervous. Now he's telling he wants to go home. He wants to run away from the hospital. No? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but we managed to settle him down because there's also another Papuan player playing in Prachwap. Right, uh, uh, so talking to him and telling him, you know, settle down, relax. It's just anxiety, yeah, yeah anxiety, you know. And uh, a, a player from that part of the country, that part of region, coming off playing to Thailand is a is a big thing for them, lah. So, so finally, they said nothing happened after three days, you no. Know? So anxiety for three days for this boy, nothing happened. He left, he left the hospital on the tenth day. But actually, he was supposed to be quarantined for 14 days in a hotel. Yeah. So we don't know what really happened. Yeah, there. what's so, the uh, situation? Yeah. yeah. So, but he, got, he joined the training and he played the first game the next day. Yeah, so, so for me, it was a lot of anxiety for us because, and the worst part is during this COVID, we cannot travel, right? We can, I mean, in Singapore also, like for example, when the players come in, there's some players that I co-broke with an agent in Brazil. The, the agent there can't fly in here also because of the restrictions. So same thing for me, I can't fly to Thailand for this boy. Right, so <laughs> then what, let's say yeah. that that, that yeah. tra particular transfer. What if it didn't happen? What if uh the the club said okay we we don't want this guy. Too, you see, yeah. at the end of the day, the contract in the contract 
before uh, during this covid period the signing is done pre fly so before you fly to the country all the contracts are being done right so in the contract it has stipulated if this guy contracts covid the deal is off so oh, by right the deal is off yes okay. so by right the the club has given us a bit of uh, leeway yeah for him to come to come to to but why though right? i mean covid is is curable so you can recover from because it because of the window because if they can if we, they can't if register, they have to yeah. wait for yeah they can register then the window they cannot register a new player uh so they have to find a replacement immediately and the process will take a long time similarly in singapore so if let's say you miss this window then by the time you cannot register a new player until mid season yeah mm. in so, that case can you appeal to fifa to to extend the window because of covid is it possible it has never been done but i doubt so lah uh, i doubt so lah at the end of the day the club can respect that contract right and say that we don't want this clause just we respect the contract the player will just come when he's ready lah uh, but the club would not want to take that loss right? and pay the salary of the player every month while what, waiting okay so yeah. what if um a contract a, a transfer doesn't happen like yeah. on the, at the last minute uh, how do you tell your player how do you i know how, how do you i i have this one of my first few lah so this is uh a, a lot of times it has happened lah. as much as as many times as things happen there are more times that things didn't happen so one of the few so this uh player is a afghan national team afghan national captain in fact actually he was on form uh at that time uh, but he didn't have a club so he had an injury and then he left uh, his previous club so i got in contact with him and then uh we linked up a club in india wanted him not isl i league right it was a previous champion and they were the current champion so they were looking for players so i was dealing with a guy who was very close with the president so back and forth back and forth everything was agreed salary wasn't that big right but they were agreed okay so this guy was actually in malaysia this afghan guy was in malaysia so because of visa issues him being afghan he uh, he had to go back to Holland first settle some paperwork at the embassy come back and then fly to India so he couldn't fly direct here so it was so the deal was done agreed he said okay we want this player and everything pre contract sign and everything brought there uh well come back to India he came so this player came and then the coach said and is the coach is all under instruction from the president So the coach didn't have much say so but the coach said um okay you are here already we need you to play half a game that was never in the the contract right so that was never in the deal the 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 deal was he does his medical there medical done it's okay so he played a good game so i i, I and this is on uh, on rec- because i also spoke to some of the other players there how is he, how he, he played very well they wanted a number he's a number 10 lah he's a playmaker okay then after that after the game right tomorrow must train i said no we want to sign the contract yeah so the 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 they were delaying they don't worry after tomorrow they said okay you know you don't play you don't play until until sign the contract yeah so when that happened they were not happy they say okay just one more test uh let's do a yo-yo test and we want you to be on a yo-yo test for 
for I forgot now what was but very high they put it very high yeah so it's so we were very unhappy lah so it's only medical you didn't say yo yo you didn't say the trials and everything and all the flights we paid for the flights it's not you pay ah uh, uh, they paid one leg they paid one leg so we played so they, they we felt okay uh, they, so we felt okay lah so and then after that in the end it's too long after four days then we say okay we'll do the yo-yo test he did the yo-yo test and pass mm. Mm. even at, at, the high, at the point yeah. Yeah, at the mark then after that where's the concert coming you know so I, I was getting ready to go to India so I said I have to go then the player said uh, I do I think you better don't go let's just wait what they want to see uh. so but the player wanted they want, they, want, the player just wanted, wanted to, to play back again because at that point in time I think the South Asian games were coming soon so he needed to play he was a captain he was out injured Yeah, so he needed to play, right? So I said, I I just go and let me see. And he said, never mind, you you won't like it here. The 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 conditions are atrocious. You can't live here. And then he showed me the picture lah. The living conditions all rabak gila, rabak gila. Really, really not. Is 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 our quarters uh, for the our construction workers all better? Oh, the walls were stained all rabak gila. Okay, so in the end, and then the end, they they finally say, okay, you play one one friendly game. And then in the end, the player said, ah yeah. I I I I can't do this. I can't do this. Uh, so I spoke to them. He can't do this. And then the president said, if he doesn't want, he doesn't play. So so we timed it to the point that the window closed. So this guy, the the club couldn't get a new player. And then we told him, and then uh, he went back to Holland. Uh. Yeah. So but the the message. I was also very raw lah uh, at that time. Yeah, very new. Yeah. But at that at that point in time, the club really uh, and and I also found out after that that this club. It's really, and I never work with them anymore, lah. This club really mafia be a club, lah. Uh, so the 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 owner works walks around with a gun in his pocket and all that kind of thing. Yeah, so so it's uh, rabah. Uh, but it was a very good, not say good, lah. But it's a learning, uh, yeah, learning experience for me, ah. What's the uh, reason why they did all that? Okay, to be fair, this player he had uh, a a long a layoff lah of a few months that he didn't play. So they wanted to check if he was okay or not. Say okay lah, go do your medical lah. Ah, uh, he's uh, anyway and that, but he already played for his national team the week before what before he flew. So there was record that he's playing, right? Ah, uh, and he's fit. See? Uh, so they just didn't trust. Uh, yeah, because but they were just off. playing lah. For me, they just just playing. So now let's move back more into local football and how transfers happen here. One thing that I've been thinking about a lot, I think both of us have been thinking a lot about this. Why don't our local leagues have or more transfer, uh, what do you call that? Transfer fees, you know, in SG football. Why don't we have more of transfer fees? At, at the end, I think it all boils down to the finances. Uh, because how it works is uh, allocation of the budget comes from Sports SG, uh, Singapore Pools, and then the remaining, you find yourself. Yeah, you, you whether it's by your jackpot or you're by merchandise or whatever, right? So, in that sense, the planning is as such that everything is sui-sui lah. Uh, so, I, I I plan for this year like this, I cannot change player, I cannot new player, uh, so I just like that. And and again, the mentality is, if I lose also, never mind what, I don't relegate what, I, I still get the money for next year. Because they don't feel the pinch. Ah. But if they feel the pinch of relegation, they'll say, okay, hey, this player cannot, I sack you. Uh, or this player, I value you. You must stay here for two years or three years. Right? People want you, you will buy from me. You know? That kind of thing. So that is the mentality of the league now. That is why I am very looking forward for the privatization. 
right? First privatization of the league, right? Hopefully that it can be a sustainable model, yeah, where funds can be raised, merchandise, TV rights, and everything, right? And then after that, clubs will look at Line City sellers, you know, and then uh, brands will come in, you know, to 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 really be competitive for the league, lah. Yeah. So then, then, then there will be more pride about, eh, hey, you don't perform, you go. You know, uh, you want to go to Bangkok last, you go. I can get a new new manager, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm happy. I, 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 we look at it. Okay, right. You Are you want, part of the, those, uh, that, that negotiation? I cannot say. Cannot say. <laughs> <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. So yeah, yeah, nah. <laughs> yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's in terms of transfer fees. Now, usually for transfers wise, how... Do you identify players for teams or do teams identify to you what they need usually for players? Okay. Uh, for example, say for example, when Barry Maguire came, mm. right? So at that point in time, I think uh, Geylang was having some trials also for players. I think they had they had some players coming for trials, having friendly games. So I was there. They were training at United World College, uh, uh, Tampines. So I was there. I was uh, looking at them train. Then Noali came and sit beside me. We spoke about the team, right? So, so we spoke, and he, Noali said what uh, he wanted to play this style, that style, you know. Uh, he needs a midfield to control and at that time it was I think who was in midfield eh? uh, uh, Fidel's Kasman first year I think eh? first year um, then there was another guy who was from Haugang eh? shorter guy forgot his name uh, shorter guy uh, so uh, somewhat yeah, somewhat yeah, yeah. box to box yeah something mid. like that yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we wanted someone he wanted someone who could really be commanding order. Yeah. So I, I told him, I have someone. Uh, he You play a 3-4-3, he can play. Intelligent, can move the ball. You know, the only thing was, uh, he, you know, he's a top player, but for the last two years, he hasn't played at the highest levels. Right? But I think he, he can manage. Yeah. So, Noali looked at this player and he told me, he said, this is on your neck, ah. <laughs> so I said, I said, okay, yeah. uh, no problem, lah. No, but I have confidence, ah, in this player. And so, and true enough, the fit is there. So, in in terms of how he wants to play, uh, you know, he has how Barry has been so influential in the last three years, right? Uh, you know, the team has been has been made around, uh, yeah, around him. Yeah, so it works like that also. So similarly, I think also uh, certain coaches like, uh, for example, uh, Kao Gang. So they were telling me, you know, we want a strong target man who can hold the ball and, uh, you know, good technique, physically intimidating, you know. So we 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 looked and, and then uh, we got a recommendation also from Coach, uh, Coach, uh, what's the ex-Lango coach? Coach. Yeah, the ex-Lango coach, the Indian coach. Yeah? So he recommended us also. So we got Giba in. right? So the Giba was a good fit. Yeah, because at that time, uh, there were also discussions and uh, about Doi coming in and everything. So so they had a system that they wanted to play. Right? So in match. Right? So in, I mean, if they were not injured, I think they they would be in the last game, you know, they could, they could, they could do something for against Lion City also. Yeah. But I, I felt that 
you know, it was a good uh, match uh, for for the club. Uh. So those were the things. Even like, for example, Maksad, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So love, Maksad, love the guy. And, love and the I guy. mentioned to you guys that this season, you have to watch watch him. He, yeah, last yeah, year. Wow. <laughs> I see him. I, if I were a midfielder, I would be scared of him. Because no, he will probably take me out before the ball. No. That's that's how I was like, think of, the, like, think of talking to the Hogan who so try this chant, you know, Maksad's going to kill you. <laughs> I think that one is appropriate because really he is... I see him on the pitch, right? he really goes all out. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, he is and one defender. And that's his attitude. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> he, even in training, he's like that. <laughs> so I, I get, I get this kind of, this kind of uh, remarks in training. He will yeah. go full, full, full <laughs> on against the strikers. Yeah, but for him even, like, you know, I, I saw him from a coach's perspective. I said, this is a good player. But when he came last year, I, of course, as an agent, I was a bit disappointed that he didn't play. He played seven games. He had got four yellow cards, you know? And then the seven games also, he's like half games and right back, left back everywhere winger you know so but at the same time he came in at a very difficult time he came the last you know it's always very difficult for foreigners who come in at the tail end of the transfer fee transfer window so he came in and then after that uh, there was no friendly game then COVID and then Haugang had to fight for, so they didn't want to change so much right uh, so and he, whenever he came in he had being young he was trying too hard Right, ah, uh, so he was also a lot of effect uh, affecting him because of uh, COVID. He couldn't go back. He, you know, yeah, 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 correct. Yeah, so it's a lot of things that happened for him. But after he settled down, very focused. This year, he's a bit more happy. He's he's staying with uh, good mates, lah. You know, the Japanese guys are good mates, right? In the in the apartment. Last year, he was only staying with Charlie. So mm-hmm. so it was <laughs> <laughs> the English. <laughs> I can imagine that. Yeah. My God, but. Um, really, that's another interesting. Really looking forward to see how how it works out this season. Um, with Hao Kang, and um, so I mean, like what you said, like I think it's all about just seeing what the team needs. So like it's depending on different situations yes, that you correct, can see. Correct. So you use your different um visions either as a coach or yeah. you know as something an intermediary trying to yeah. work things out. I, I swear this is fantastic conversations. <laughs> I'm I'm hanging on to every single word of this. Um, so of course. For someone who is out there listening, you know, who wants to work in something in football, suddenly thinking of me, maybe I want to be an agent Mm. or intermediary. Mm. What would you advise them on the first step they can take? There's a lot of skill sets that you need to, to, to have uh, when you work in football. Right. I, I, in that sense, I think I'm lucky because I've done a lot of things. I watched, Watch jerseys, was being an MC for a tournament, being a, a tournament director, you know, a lot of things that I've done in football. So it really develops your all-round abilities, right? And then you have to be a bit sharp. Yeah. So for me, see, right now, I I have this this boy, uh, 18-year-old boy. So he he's, he's doing a good job for me. So out out of nothing, he was always messaging me about about players. You know, he would be like, "Abang, uh, this player free, this that player free, you know, this player interesting." You know, and he be he has been watching games from African leagues, South African leagues, USL in America, uh, various leagues lah. You know, and then he will bring me all these kind of players before, and I'm like thinking. Who is this boy? And and he, and 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 he his profile didn't have his face, you know, just his name and everything. But I felt that it is is a bit interesting. So I think a few months back after a, a, a discussion uh, here after one of the talk shows here, I contacted him and I I met him and this boy very pleasant boy, very nice boy, right? And uh, he said, 
I want to learn lah. I want to to explore this. I said, okay, I can. I will take you. Uh, I told him I will. I but I told him also it's not an easy thing to do, right? Uh, I will teach you. I will take you under my wing, right? I will pay you an internship uh, stipend every month, right? And if any deal comes from you, you will get a share from it. Yeah. So I I'll be very fair with you, right? So we say okay, abah. And he's been doing it. And you know we had we are. Approaching a summer uh, summer window, right? So Malaysia, uh, Malaysia is open the window. Uh, Thailand open it. So he has been working Cambodia and everything, and he's getting contacts. To be honest, I I'll be surprised. At 18, <laughs> I wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> you know, at 18, I was still playing football and you know and girls and everything. Yeah, but for him, he's 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 quite interesting. The things that he do and he teaches me about how do I speak to this. Technical directors. How do I speak to these managers? I say, okay, these are the templates that I use. You know, these are the kind of things you can say to the players. What to expect? This league is like this. This league is like that. And he's getting players from from Swedish uh, second league. He's getting yeah. So he's very resourceful. Very so. And I'm very happy. And I, but you see, the thing about him is he's studying a, a line that is not associated with sports. Yeah. I told him, you know, you can go wherever line. You see, I say one of my friends. Didn't do this full time. He did it on the side. Yeah, I can support you with that. No problem. Ah, as long as you're happy, you can earn something. Uh, but I told him also. It took me one year and a few failures before I got my first deal. Right. So be patient, lah. Uh, and he's been very patient. Very, very, very interesting. So to be, to be, you know, football for me. When you, I wanted to be a coach, I wanted to be the things that I wanted to do when I started my company. Nobody gives you a free lift, lah. Uh, so you have uh, you have to work your way through. You have to find your worth, and you have to have knowledge uh, at least, or the, the 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 thirst for knowledge to improve in the the things that you need to do. Uh. Mm. And um, when it comes to doing all that, would you say that uh, for the, for your your mentorship with our for our listener, Mustaqim, <laughs> shout out to you. Um, Would you say that is the same relationship you had with the the guy in the Holland? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, I I would say only that uh, <laughs> the Dutch guy maybe because he's sixty eight and closing closing to seventy is a bit more grumpy lah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but uh, I would say lah. Yeah, I would say because. That guy also actually he held my hand and and told me okay this is not the way to go this is not the 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 move to make hey, this is uh, no and then sometimes when you co broke or you you construct uh, where they call it too much constructions too many people in this deal uh, is also not good because you will get lost in in translation yeah you no know, I mean for me there was once I was part of a construction of of uh, Fabregas to China. Yeah, I was one of the middle person. So there were oh, like six. What were you doing in that deal? Uh, middle uh, middle person, as in to link another agent to another agent to another agent. Oh, uh, so there were like six people. So it was uh, David Dane's son. Uh, I forgot one of the Danes lah. Uh, yeah. So he was a manage uh, agent for Superbrigas, and then there was uh, English company, and then there was me, and then there were two more links to to China. Why can't they just go directly? Everybody wants a share, but. <laughs> <laughs> but wouldn't that like bloat the the transfer fee or the whatever sometimes, fees? Uh, so uh. that's why. So sometimes mm. that's why, uh, because the agent fee is also a condition, not. I think that's uh, a stumbling block. That's yeah, why they correct. they figure they have to go through many correct, different correct. avenues before. So that was a, I think 2019. Uh, that was six months to the expiring of uh, Fabregas before he went to Monaco. 
Jerome is an Arsenal fan. Hey. <laughs> oh, but it's I interesting for me, guy. you know. Like yeah. again, like you know, I as a coach, I was always in Europe, right? I always study with the clubs and everything. I got friends over there. But when I become an agent, suddenly you're speaking to Ruth Hulit's agent. You know, you're like, hey, shit, he's my favorite player. Yeah, if if I can represent him and bring him to, <laughs> we wanted to bring him to Indonesia, Ruth Hulit before Shin Tae Yong. Uh, yeah, so again, like you know, sometimes you get a bit starstruck. A bit, <laughs> wow, like there's so there's honestly so much more we can talk about. Actually, uh, we can only do one hour. Like yeah, that. that's right. <laughs> but oh, that's honestly, honestly, this is probably be one of the. I mean, I've wanted to like talk to you more in depth about how how this whole um the whole business with the uh, the agents and everything works. But I think honestly, within one hour, I think we captured a lot of. Fantastic info lah. Which, of course, right now brings us to the rapid fire round, of course. Uh, I'll be going through the first two, cover the next two, and then I'll be doing the last one. Um, so, Kyril, what would you be doing if you were not involved in football? Sell metal, bro. Yeah, I will <laughs> buy metal from China, fabricate at my uncle's factory, and then after that, sell it to China again. Uh, the pump, the pump part. Uh, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, three one six metal, stainless steel, three zero four. I I still have it in my head. Then all my steel. Okay, so number two. <laughs> all right, so number two. What is the biggest pet peeve of your job? Biggest pet peeve. When you know the player that you propose is a best fit for the team and then they choose a lot a different player. Yeah. So that means for me is that lah. But when they choose is it, is it because of money or is it because of, they just don't like the player? It depends lah. Different country got different condition. Certain country is not because even for the player. It's just Somebody pay somebody more. <laughs> oh, okay, understood. <laughs> okay, third question: Which player would you have loved to represent? I mean, you you mentioned Rulit, but a player, a player, which maybe you a player were, currently, almost, yeah, current current player, current player, or maybe retired, but you were already an agent, but maybe you almost had you almost had him, but you lost him. I mean, the Fabregas thing would have would have been would have been amazing. Ah, <laughs> uh. that would have propelled my my football agency. Uh, but if I don't know, I, I to be honest, I would what love to manage Mourinho. Mm. Uh, and well, I make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> the but <laughs> but he's being managed by the yeah yeah, yeah arguably yeah, yeah. arguably just, the, just the, the biggest uh, biggest agent here yeah. uh, in 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 the world. Fourth question. One player destined for the top. Here, yeah, Singapore. Yeah. Hamish Shahin. Hamish Shahin. Yeah. Why? I think he he has the you no know, football ability, yes. The tenacity also. Uh, he just has this grit uh, about him that we haven't seen in a in a player in some time. Uh. Sometimes we have grit without football, but we, he has this this mix. Uh. Mm. Is uh, he one of your players? Yes, he is. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I, maybe I'll add one more. Other than him, is there someone else that you would like to? Not managed by you. <laughs> Not managed by me. Yeah. Uh, Zikos. I, I'm not managing him. Yeah, I'm not managing him. But I think Zikos has uh, has a good future ahead. Uh, when Zikos. it comes to, like you said, uh, having that grit and everything, off the field, what do you see in players that you think will bring them further than, than, than their, their, their peers? 
I think the desire lah, the desire, the discipline. That one is key. I think the players who have uh, gone uh, sideways eh, has always been the place without the discipline. Yeah. All right. And last of all, the last question we always ask, your wish for Singapore football? Uh, I I think at this juncture, you know, the biggest, the best news that we had has been Ben, ben Tan coming back. Right? Uh, it, it, it definitely eclipsed the uh whoever that was elected into the FAS exco yeah within one week we had we had this right but for me i feel that we really must understand our roles uh the structures must be put in place properly you must know your roles if 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 football is to grow football must take charge of football yeah it cannot be uh a different body football must take care of football and football must elevate people deservingly into football so that they are respected by by the peers. At the end of the day, I think football is has not gained respect at a play uh, whether it's a playing level or an administrative level. That's why you know people can just overrun a decision made by the FA, right? So I I feel that it's very important uh, that uh, good people, uh, talent scouted, uh, do also do come forward to to to. To show lah. Sometimes I always hear, you know, uh, passion. Uh, this guy really likes football. But at the end of the day, passion doesn't move football. Passion and knowledge, ability must move football. So we cannot have all these passionate volunteers or, you know, we must really have good people who are propelling football. So I, in, in future, I hope this is the way it goes. Football is a money-driven sport, right? So hopefully, uh, it's an Apple and Egg Catch-22 situation. But, the money must come, the quality must come. Uh. And with that thought, that brings the end of the podcast tonight. Uh, definitely, Karel, a lot of fantastic insight from you today and like definitely something that our, our listeners would definitely like to to go deeper into. No right. problem. My pleasure to be mm. here. Thanks for coming. I hope Thanks you come for, for the fourth time. Oh, always. No <laughs> maybe problem. A, maybe I a come. season review. <laughs> <laughs> right, Thanks for All coming, right. bro. No Thank problem. You.